0: Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with elite team speed. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman.
1: Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who texted us on Saturday that he doesn't even care about Nebraska anymore.
0: Yeah, it got a little dark there for a while. That that was rough. (laughs) And
1: by the other brother, who used one word to describe the Nebraska game, brutal.
2: That's true. It was. That was Trey Newman.
1: All right. We want to remind everyone to follow us on Instagram, at collegefootballbros. Our social media manager, Sarah, who's also the voice you hear at the beginning of the podcast, has been experimenting with some instagram stories so we'll be throwing up some content there on saturdays so be sure to give us a follow and check that out but let's get right into the week three recap we'll start with ohio state winning 40 to 20 40 to 28 against tcu
2: in arlington trey what'd you see here ohio state just had too much talent for tcu to overcome in this one they the horn frogs they hung with them as much as they could, and they even had over 500 yards of offense. But they lost the turnover battle three to nothing, and that was clearly the the difference. Ohio State was able to move the ball when they wanted. They they had over 500 yards of offense themselves. J.K. Dobbins he averaged almost seven yards a pop. Haskins he continues his stellar start. He was efficient. 344 yards, three touchdowns. The one concern for Ohio State is that star Nick Bosa went down with a groin lower abdominal injury. He's going to be out this week, and we'll see about anything further, but the Buckeyes are clearly the class of the Big Ten now. Yeah, certainly with what else happened in the Big Ten this weekend, but
1: I came away from this game really feeling better about about both teams. Ohio State, obviously, got a good win, sort of on the road, though there were a lot of Ohio State fans there, and... Now, Dwayne Haskins, of course, they've got a quarterback who is a consistent pocket passer and looks like he's, I don't know about a lock, but he's very likely to be in New York at the end of the season, I think. And then TCU, though, even with the loss, they hung in there with one of the best teams in the country, despite having a punt blocked and two defensive touchdowns for Ohio State. So I'd put them maybe second in the Big 12, right ahead of West Virginia and Oklahoma State. They're definitely in that mix.
0: Yeah, I agree with you about TCU, Michael. I, I came out of this game feeling pretty good about them. I think they're probably overperformed from what I anticipated. Um, yeah, but if I'm covered Ohio... by a half a point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did, Yep, <laughs> just by a little bit. Uh, but if I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm actually a little concerned, especially what's going on on the defensive side of the ball. Like Trey said, they gave up 500 yards of offense. Over 200 of those were on the ground. That's a little alarming. Two out of the three games they've played, defense hasn't looked up to a maybe a playoff type caliber defense Um, offense has been great Haskins looks probably better than JT Barrett at this point but I don't think that defense will be able to carry them to a national title unless they get better so and now Nick Bosa's injury is a little alarming so I don't know I mean I'm being a little bit picky here with the Buckeyes but they have national title you know aspirations and it's just not it doesn't look like it yet especially with how good Bama looks Okay, next game is LSU at Auburn. Cole Tracy, the grad transfer
1: from Assumption College, hit a 42-yard field goal as time expired to win 22-21. to
0: Ryan, what'd you take from this one? Yeah, this was a, a great game and a clutch drive at the end by LSU. That last drive, it lasted over five and a half minutes, and they didn't even give Auburn a chance to re- give the answer. Uh, Joe Burrow, again, he wasn't amazing, but He was solid, and with that defense, they don't need a guy to be amazing. They just don't need to turn the ball over and manage the game, and that's what Joe Burrow has done so far. Um, This is a very even game overall, but the key stat was Auburn's two turnovers to LSU's zero, and through three games this year, LSU has not committed a single turnover, and that's not luck because last year they led the nation in fewest turnovers as well, so they know what they're doing, taking care of the ball, and it's a huge win for Coach O, and kind of happy for him, you know? Yeah, definitely. He's uh, much maligned coming into
1: the season, but off to a good start. Exactly. One that Joe Burrow. You brought up him, Ryan.
0: Is he good? He's okay. He's solid.
1: <laughs> you know, because when I watch the games, it seems like yeah, he he doesn't seem to make a lot of egregiously bad plays. Like he seems competent out there. But then you look at the stat sheet, and he's like under fifty percent
0: passing. Yeah, so it's not that great. I mean, he's he's (laughs) probably had a a few drop balls here in the first few games, but... Yeah, and they're winning, so I guess
1: I'm not going to complain right now, but despite the fact that they got this top 10 win on the road, I actually don't feel a whole lot better about LSU. If you look at Bill Connolly's win probability based on the team's stats in the game, Auburn had an 83% chance of winning the game. They had a 42% success rate on their plays compared to 27% for LSU, so... I think it just came down to the fact, you mentioned it, Ryan, that Auburn made the critical mistakes. Stidham's two interceptions were, were not good. Greedy Williams is, is going to do that sometimes, but that, that first interception was also an ill... Really, both of them were ill-advised throws. Um, they weren't very good on third and fourth down, so not great. Not great for Auburn. Looking ahead, it's really not great because they have at Mississippi State, at Georgia, and at Alabama yeah. on the schedule. Yeah, it's tough. They're—I mean—they're I mean, they're going to be lucky to go nine and three, and eight and four is certainly well
2: within within range for them. So, yep. I'm with you, Michael. I'm not—I'm not ready to anoint LSU as the SEC power, but they did prove that that Miami performance wasn't a fluke. And I actually, though, was more impressed with this game more so than the Miami game because of how they did it. Down twenty-one to ten in the third quarter at Jordan Hare. I mean, not many teams could come back to win. A game like that much less would you think an LSU offense be able to do so but and it they made 21 unanswered that they had given up so and they made they made just enough plays to make it happen it's not flashy like you said with with Burrow but they just somehow made it happen and that was impressive on the road
1: yeah we got a question on Twitter actually about LSU it's from at D Lloyd 69 and he asks is coach O going to end up on the hot seat again at the end of the year if he loses two of three against Georgia Mississippi State and Alabama
0: so what do you guys think no I I mean no Uh, because he's already got a top 10 win two top 10 wins on the year so I don't if they go 10 and 2 if like that's if they lose two out of those three games that you mentioned but no no other game that's 10 and 2 and you know they're probably in a New Year's 6 almost assuredly they are in a New Year's 6 bowl game so I don't see how he could be on the hot seat after that
1: yeah I mean if those are the only two then for sure yeah he will yeah definitely not be on the hot seat but i could see them going eight and four you know maybe they'll get to nine and three but i still have questions about lsu and the schedule for them yeah with those three games is brutal so um it wouldn't shock me if at the end of the season he's eight and four and is
2: sort of again on the lukewarm slash hot seat yeah i'm i'm exactly with you because people forget quickly like if they get rolled in a couple of those games just dominated then I would think he'd be at least, like you said, on that lukewarm hot seat. The, the Matt lukewarm hot seat? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> uh, next up, we have BYU getting the big upset 24-21 to at Wisconsin after Wisconsin missed a 42-yard field goal to tie. Huge win for Kalani Sataki. He looks to be saving his job, uh, at least so far this year. And Squally Canada at running back looked awesome in this game. But really, the big story is, what a disappointment for Wisconsin. This was kind of the year, you know? They were supposed to be breakthrough, make the playoff this year, and kind of prove that they're a legit top five team. And I don't think that's going to happen. Obviously, if they win out, they'll probably make the playoff. But I just, I don't think they're there. Hornibrook is is prone to bad games like this one. That interception that he threw was one of the worst I've seen all year. <laughs> but... Maybe I'm back on the hornybrook sucks bandwagon. Uh, I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure. I'm, I'm I'm thinking about it. But what's funny about this game is I was actually making a money line parlay uh, on Saturday morning, and I was just kind of throwing in some big favorites in there. And I clicked Wisconsin, and I actually sat and thought for ten seconds about it. Like, would it shock me if it was going into the fourth quarter and BYU was, you know, down by three or it was a tie game? And for me, the answer was no. It would not have surprised me so luckily i did not include that in my bet (laughs) yeah now if i was really smart i would have just bet byu money line but yeah right not not that smart no
0: yeah i i mean that's not incredibly surprised by that if they were competing but you wisconsin always wears down teams at the end of the game that's just kind of what they do they don't yeah they kind of play with you a little bit they did it earlier to new mexico this year but then they just pull away in the fourth quarter and they can just do whatever they want on the ground but with byu Not the case. I mean, maybe it's because they have some elder statesmen on their team, and they're a little yeah. They've got dad strength. Yeah, they got dad strength. Maybe that helps them a little bit hold up uh, in the trenches. Uh, But whatever it was, it's a great win for BYU. And with the Big Ten struggling as much as it has been so far, it could be just a that's could be the damaging blow to Wisconsin's playoff chances. They might not be able to climb back into it, even if they go
2: unscathed the rest of the way. Yeah, well, I mean there's a lot to play out there, but yeah. In the, in this game, if you told me that BYU would win in Camp Randall with their starting quarterback Mangum, he only went 12 of 22 for 89 yards and they'd have the ball for 10 minutes less than Wisconsin, I I would have been shocked that they won and, you know, we all know Hornybrook just was lackluster and but BYU's O-line you touched on it, Michael, Squally Canada. He averaged over ten yards per carry against that Wisconsin Wisconsin defense. So, Which is an amazing name, by the way. It really yeah. yeah, that's true. If you really think about <laughs> One it. One of the better names in college football. So hat tip to Klani Sataki. He's he's at right the ship so far this season. Moving on to our rapid recaps. Trey, why don't you get us started? All right, the first game I'm going to touch on is Boise State at Oklahoma State. Bros, we we all got some pie in the face on this one as we were <laughs> wow. wrong. What happened? As Oklahoma State won 44-21, our, our, our triple lock was the kiss of death. Yeah. Maybe we need to take Oklahoma State a little more seriously. They put a beating on a good Boise team. Brett Ripon had a great game, but if you look at the two, two teams statistically, it was pretty even, but two blocked punts allowed the fighting Gundy Mullets to win this one. <laughs> Special teams, one-third of the game. That's right. Yep. Next game, Oklahoma at Iowa State. Iowa State is apparently not intimidated by the Sooners as they put up a a solid fight again this year, but the Sooners and Kyler Murray were too much, winning this one 37-27. Murray continues to build a Heisman resume. His stats were, were unbelievable. The Sooners still have some question marks on defense as they gave up over 400 yards to a team led by a backup quarterback, but they're the Big 12 leaders nonetheless. Boston College at Wake Forest. Boston College all of a sudden has an offense. Anthony Brown threw for over 300 yards and five touchdowns. A.J. Dillon had another solid performance like he always does. They won 41-34. Boston College now looks like they might be the biggest threat to Clemson in the Atlantic Division. And finally, Rutgers at Kansas. It's time to to break up the Jayhawks. (laughs) They've won two in a row, and they did so in style by stomping Rutgers 55-14. They outgamed the Scarlet, the Scarlet Knights by almost 300 yards. This might be the lowest point in Rutgers history. <laughs> it's not good. It's pretty rough. <laughs> Could Kansas football beat the Browns? Is it time to ask that? I th- it's almost there.
1: <laughs> All right. My first game is Alabama winning 62-7 to against Ole Miss. Ta'amu threw a 75-yard touchdown pass the first play of the game. Yeah. And then got completely shut out the rest of the game. Tua (laughs) was pretty much perfect again. You have to think that he might be the favorite to win the Heisman. USC lost 37-14 at Texas. I'm going to officially put Clay Helton on the hot seat. Yep. USC had 16 rushing attempts for negative five yards. Wow. Not good. Big win for Herman, but really Texas wasn't all that impressive to me either. I think both teams just aren't all that good. Next game, Notre Dame narrowly escaped Vandy, 22-17. Notre Dame's been playing with fire this year, so I'm going to predict they lose two of their next three games. They play at Wake Forest, Stanford, and at Virginia Tech. And finally, my last game, Florida State lost 30-7 to at wow. Syracuse, oh. Oh. and they look like the worst team ever. <laughs> Pretty much.
0: <laughs> All right, nicely done. They're the new Kansas. It, yeah, this, it's true. All right, uh, my first game is Washington at Utah, and UW won an ugly twenty-one to seven game in Salt Lake. Jake Browning was ineffective and had an unbelievably stupid interception that <laughs> yeah. should have been a touchdown. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that UW defense was awesome again and completely shut down the Utes to preserve the win. Uh, my second game is Arizona State. At San Diego State uh, and the honeymoon is over for Herm Edwards Aww. the Aztecs dominated on the ground running for over 300 yards and backup quarterback Ryan Agnew did a solid job filling in for the injured Christian Chapman uh, and the Aztecs won 28 to 21 a third game is Georgia Tech at Pitt uh, and the Panthers jumped out to a, an early 21 nothing lead over the Yellow Jackets but then their offense just disappeared and allowed Georgia Tech to get back in this one uh, but they were able to hang on for the 24-19 victory, so a good 2-1 and start for the Pitt Panthers. And my last game, Duke, uh, without starting quarterback Daniel Jones and all-conference corner Mark Gilbert. They went into Waco and controlled the game from the start uh, and, and throughout the game, cruised to an easy 40-27 victory over Baylor. Blue Devils are 3-0 and now um, with North Carolina Central up next, so looking at 4-0. Cutliffe, uh working his magic again. Okay, moving on to our
1: segments, we will start with a mailbag, and we got a couple voicemails here, so let's listen to voicemail number one.
0: Hi, it's Kim from Swanee, Georgia, and I just watched Florida manage to beat Colorado State fairly handily, which was glorious, but I'm wondering, what is this game between Florida and Tennessee going to be like? I'm rooting for Florida to win, but I think this game
2: is going to be a little on the ugly side. Your thoughts? That's a good question, Kim. This this is the and this game in particular. It's the first time I can remember that it's not going to be on CBS. This Florida Tennessee game. It, this game it used to be so fun. It de- used to determine the SEC winner. So in this particular game, I think it's going to be ugly as well. These two programs they're arguably at their lowest lowest points they've been in decades. Florida has a little bit more talent overall than the Vols, so I'm going to go with them since I really don't trust either quarterback in this one. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree it's
0: not going to be the most pleasant game to watch in the world, but it should be a competitive and close game. So that's at least intriguing. Um, you know, it's going to be at Neyland Stadium, so definitely a huge plus there for Tennessee. And I think that volunteer defense, they've played great the last two weeks. I know it's been against weaker competition, but still, it's not like Florida's coming in with a potent offense. No. So I think we're going to see a very competitive, good game. Um, but I'm going to actually take the Vols here. I think uh, I like the Vols chances. All right. Keep I- it close. I mean, both teams were
1: bad last year and it was a great game. You guys remember Felipe Franks throwing that Hail Mary? Yeah,
2: the Hail Mary.
1: That was legitimately one of the best passes I've ever seen thrown. He was at his own, pretty much at his own 35. He threw it to Tyree Cleveland in stride, pretty much 70 yards in the air. Just, I mean, that was unreal. So, Yeah, it was. That was a
0: great play. Their highlight of the year, for sure. Most
1: other throws by Felipe Franks have not been as impressive since then, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe he can do that again. Don't think so. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's get to voicemail number two.
2: Hey, bros. This is Michigan State. Dan Braden Hodges calling from Roscommon, Michigan. Decided to mix it up this week and go watch Michigan play the mighty Mustangs of SMU. Right now, Ohio State's trailing at the half to TCU, and I have to ask, is the Big Ten actually bad? Michigan State took a bad loss last week. Wisconsin did not look great against BYU. Illinois losing to an AAC conference team. I think the Big Ten might be bad. Let's not even talk about
1: what happened to Rutgers. <laughs> it's a good All point. Right. Thank you for the call, Braden. So, by the way, anyone that wants to call in for next week's episode, the number is 260-CFB-BROS. We really appreciate uh, everyone who calls in. But to Braden's point here, the Big Ten lost seven non-conference games on Saturday to unranked teams. It's the first time that's happened since the AP poll started in 1936. Now, the Big Ten hasn't always had 14 teams, but still
0: pretty crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a lot of teams now.
1: Yeah. But here are the losses. And I'll just say, if you are, are listening and there's, there's children with an earshot, maybe have them muff it because this is pretty gruesome. <laughs> Six of these games were at home. Purdue losing 40-37 to 37 to Missouri. Maryland 35-14 against Temple. That was My bad. Maryland eight wins pick, not looking so good. No. Nah. Northwestern losing 39 34 to Akron. Yeah. Illinois 25 19 against USF. Ryan, cover your ears. Nebraska 24 19 against Troy. We need Adrian. And then we already mentioned Wisconsin losing to BYU, and we'll respect Braden's wishes and not talk about Rutgers. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to say other than making that
2: list. The Big Ten is, is not as good as we thought. What do you guys think? No, they're they're not. Uh, in in years past, they've they've been solid top to bottom, and, and they've capped it off with great bull seasons. But so far this season, they've had a miserable non conference, and they look to only re- be really relying on Ohio State. You know, maybe Michigan can get back in the picture here, but Penn State—that's fair. But the uh, the bottom is just looking really really bad. The overall depth that middle—I mean, Wisconsin obviously might have been a pretender. I mean, it's early, but still, there's plenty of time. So maybe, you know, a Wisconsin or a Michigan State, maybe they just needed a wake-up call and they bounce back, but it's, it's not looking good.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad conference. It's just the expectations were too high for most of the teams going into this year, I think. The SEC is the best, as always, but after that, you can still make the argument that the Big Ten is number two. Um, despite the quote-unquote terrible start for the Big Ten this year, there's still five teams in the top 25. And Iowa is right there as well, sitting at three and zero. They're almost in there, so it's not as good as it, we thought. But let's not overreact and say it's horrible either. Okay, our last question in the mailbag comes from our
1: mom, and it came on Instagram. Wow! And she says, "Now that the Cornhuskers are zero and two for the first time in fifty plus years, about to be on. Do 3. you think Frosty is on the hot
0: seat? LOL. I mean, and <laughs> now we're looking at zero and three here, but." Uh, I don't know, it's just if it, football's a crazy game. You just you never know what's going to happen. It's the the f- first game for Nebraska got canceled. They all of a sudden start against Colorado, a couple bad turnovers that maybe wouldn't have happened if had they played that first game. Adrian gets hurt. It's crazy. Just a couple things happen and all of a sudden you're 0 and 2 when you could be a 3 and 0. It's just uh the the way the ball bounces sometimes for you. Frost could go 0 and 12 this year and he'd be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we all know, and she's joking, of course. She's yeah, joking. Yeah. No, but I, know, I know. Are we still? Are we still on board with Scott Frost?
0: We're still on board with Scott Frost. Oh, absolutely. Scott Frost, heaven. Okay,
1: all right. He's still the savior. Still the savior. Still no the doubt. savior.
0: <laughs> it's our okay. last
1: hope, Obi Wan Kenobi. Our next segment is a top five list, and Ryan. Oh, yeah. It is your turn
0: this week. So, all right, excellent. I'm ready. What do you got for us? All right, our top five list of the most underachieving teams so far this season. All right, we'll start with number five, Michigan State. Uh, Many people, not on this particular podcast, but others, were calling Sparty a playoff contender going into this year, and they have not looked like that at all. Barely squeaked by Utah State in week one, then could only muster 13 points in a loss at ASU. It was improved, but, you know, a true playoff contender would have won that game. So, sorry, Sparty, been a little disappointing so far. Uh, number four Texas they have all the talent they need to compete in, at a high level but they can't put it together especially on offense Michael mentioned they beat up on USC but I think it was more of USC sucking than <laughs> wow <laughs> Texas really looking that good harsh but so fair Texas hasn't looked very great to start the season uh, number three we have Arizona um, a lot of people including my fellow brothers here were very high on the Wildcats uh, but man they have looked horrible so far and it doesn't really make sense as to what kevin someone is doing can somebody explain that to me i cannot okay well thanks for trying all right number (laughs) number two usc um i know they have a true freshman quarterback but they have by far the best recruiting classes in the pac-12 and you can make the case that they've looked like the third or fourth fourth worst team in the conference Uh, the offense just looks pathetic and clay helton is on the hot seat officially i think in los angeles sorry michael oh no although maybe it's a good thing yeah it's good he's on the hot seat it's bad that we suck yeah exactly okay and number one i think it's obvious florida state yeah it's just (laughs) insane how bad they've been they're 126th in the nation in offensive efficiency and two of their games were against sanford and syracuse like not good defenses so no it's not like they're playing bamas uh just a crazy bad start for willie Taggart there
1: all right, that was uh, that was a good list. It was a, dep- a depressing list, but I think it, it was yeah. it was necessary. It was necessary.
0: Anybody feel like I may have left out there? It, was, it got a little dicey there. I considered like Kansas State. Yeah, um, you know, UCLA
1: could have been in there.
0: Yeah, UCLA could have, but
1: I would have liked that.
0: But <laughs> they were their win total was only what like four and a half going into the year, or something like that. So,
1: uh, so Ryan, a, a couple of these names came up, but I I thought of a question kind of right before we started the podcast. Um, and I'll just pose it to you guys. So I got a list of coaches here. Chip Kelly, Kevin Sumlin, Willie Taggart, and Chad Morris. All first-year first coaches all have had, of course, horrible starts. If I told you that one of them gets fired at the end of next season, who do you think it would be? Ooh. So again, that's Chip Kelly, Kevin Sumlin,
0: Willie Taggart, and Chad Morris. I would, I'm going to go with Willie Taggart on this one. They've looked by far like the worst with the most talent. Yeah. Um, and iOS, I don't know. I guess I just feel like that program is probably the most pay- impatient of those four. You know, like Arizona isn't, you know, they'd probably give more time. UCLA isn't always a powerhouse. And Arkansas. So I think they expect more at Florida State. What do you think, Trey? That is a
2: really tough question. I <laughs> i know. I'm sorry to spring it on you like well, this. Well, no, I, I think based on the initial reports, you you I would think UCLA because there's already, you know, DTR's dad is tweeting bad things about <laughs> about Chip Kelly and he's zero three and they haven't looked good doing it. But, but I mean UCLA, they paid him a bunch of money. They're not. I'd be shocked if they they pulled the trigger that early. But, but the the early start, it's it's been brutal in in Westwood. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to agree with Ryan on this one because I feel like those other guys I named, they could go you know 4 and 8 4 and 8 and I think they still might have their jobs just because yep. of the situations that they're in but Willie Taggart I mean 4 and 8 is in play this year I mean maybe they'll turn it around they've got all that talent but say they do go 4 and 8 next year he starts the season on the hot seat like yeah. if he goes 5 and 7 the next year
2: there's a decent chance he's gone
0: yeah they better perform yeah
2: and I, I think I actually yeah I have to agree because this year there were they were like one of those outside teams that could potentially win the ACC or at least compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mia Khalifa actually started a
1: GoFundMe to buy out Willie Taggart's contract already. Wow! <laughs> of course you would know that, Michael. Do you, do you guys know who who Mia, Mia Khalifa is? Yeah, it's your favorite person. Oh, you? Oh, you do? I don't. I've never heard of her. I wouldn't. <laughs> sure. I would. Oh, I wouldn't know. Sure, sure. Unfamiliar name to me.
0: Wasn't there some athlete that was trying to get with her?
1: Lots of them lots of them. Okay. No, was it wasn't it uh was it who's not not it was so an Oklahoma quarterback. It wasn't Baker Mayfield though, was it? It was uh who was their quarterback before Baker? It was um uh not Trevor Knight. Who Yeah, well Trevor Knight was that was Katy Perry. Oh, Katy Perry. Okay, I'm getting it mixed up. Yeah, okay. Okay. Anyway, that's pop culture from the Bros. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on and preview week 4. Our first game is number 22 Texas A&M at number one, Alabama and the Crimson Tide are a 27-point favorite.
2: Trey, what do you think here? So playing Clemson to the wire, it's going to give the Aggies some confidence going into this one. But this time, they're not in Kyle Field, and they're playing bigger and better Alabama. We, you know, the one thing we do know about Saban's defenses is they've had some issues with mobile quarterbacks in years past. So Kellen Mond. He's going to need to be, be dynamic and have another monster game if they want to have any chance. But I think Alabama wins this one comfortably behind Tua to Jerry Judy touchdown passes. They have that. They have a great connection right now. I'm, I'm going to say A&M covers the large number, but Bama wins in style. I was impressed by a and last week with the sandwich game between Clemson and Alabama as they dominated Louisiana Monroe. That's, that's not saying a lot, but it was a letdown spot. So I'll take the Aggies to cover. All right,
0: Trey. Um, man, Alabama looks freaking unstoppable at this point. <laughs> they really do. This might be Saban's best team because of that offense with Tua. It, I think that's the best offense that Saban's had. Yeah, There's just so many ways they can beat you, um, and they obviously still have that awesome defense. I think this one will probably get ugly. I know A&M competed well with Clemson, but Bama looks head and shoulders better than anybody at this point, including Clemson. So I'm I'm going to take uh, Bama minus the 27 and say they win by like 40. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, they're going to dominate.
1: They, they did it last week against Ole Miss. They were only what 21 point favorites. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in agreement, Ryan. It's pretty much impossible for me to pick against Alabama right now. I think yeah. until something else happens, I'm just going to roll with Tua. He's been nearly perfect this season on third downs this year, 13 for 13. 298 yards and six touchdowns that's that's stupid that's stupid is that good it's it is good it's excellent so oh wow yeah the offense is ridiculous and the one thing that i was worried about before the season i talked about it a lot now i feel kind of stupid was the secondary (laughs) but it looks great i mean they we thought louisville was a big test for them turns out maybe yeah wasn't so much because i mean puma pass got benched this past weekend but miss last week I mean they're definitely a good passing offense and besides the first play of the game they didn't do anything so I think Kellen Mond is going to have less good fortune in this game than he did against Clemson and I agree Alabama rolls what's up with the Jalen Hurts thing I thought he was going to redshirt right I know if he is redshirting why are they playing him in these games Like save him for and that was an unconfirmed report so I don't know I really don't know what's going to happen
0: yeah that it's kind of weird I mean he's played in all three games Right. So, yeah, he's only got one more to go.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see if uh, if that's true. Yeah. Next game, number seven, Stanford is a two point favorite at number 20, Oregon. Ryan, what do you think in here?
0: Yeah, this is a huge game for the Pac-12 North. Um, I'm really interested to see how that Stanford defense does against a potent offense like Oregon's. The Cardinal, well,
1: they 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 dominated against the potent USC offense.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Cardinal have looked really good on defense so far up to this point, but sorry Mike, they haven't faced a team with a good offense. Oh my god. Especially USC. Oh, um, wow. So this is going to be this is going to be a good test. Uh Oregon on the other hand, they looked a little sluggish at times this year. They only beat San Jose State 35-22 last week, which is a little concerning, but um, I think they're ready for a real challenge here um, after three kind of non-competitive games. And I see Justin Herbert having a great game. Um, and I, th- I think the Ducks are going to win this one. I think they'll lo- win a close game.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I agree. I-, I think for me, though, the major thing to look out for in this game is whether Oregon's receivers can step up. Because first three games, they've dropped a lot of passes. It's definitely been the weak link of the team. But the talent is there. Justin Herbert might be the best quarterback in the Pac-12, so I think the offense is going to put up points, but the big reason I like Oregon is because I think, yet again, we've we've talked about this in the offseason, but there's elite talent on that defense. On the D-line, Jalen Jelks, Troy Dye at linebacker, Ugo Amadi in the, in the secondary at safety, so I think the defense can get some stops. The rush defense has looked incredible this year, albeit against poor competition, but yeah. I think they can slow down Bryce Love and... I'm actually going to make Oregon my lock this week.
2: Wow. Okay. I'm excited for this one. Game day is going to be there. And I really, like you touch on, Ryan, Oregon hasn't played, they haven't played a power five school. So I'm really curious to see Herbert and this duck offense. And I want to see if they're, they're pretenders or not. And historically, Stanford's physicality has given Oregon fits. So I want to see if that that trend continues here. I personally think it might and I think with love back this week C- Costello has a little bit of confidence at, confidence at quarterback I think they're gonna be able to slow down the ducks just enough and and get the victory
1: okay let's move on to our honorable mentions Ryan get us started
0: all right the first game is uh, Washington State at USC who's a four-point favorite uh, and this one's gonna be played on Friday. Cougs have some surprise for folks this year. They're starting 3-0, uh, while USC is in uh, desperate need of a win. But I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I don't see USC being able to keep up with Gardner Minshew and that Washington State offense. So give me the Cooks here. And this one's actually going to be my lock of the week. Thank you, Michael. That's rude. Yep, sorry, Michael. Uh, second game is Kansas State at number 12, West Virginia, who is a 16.5-point favorite. K-State hasn't looked that great this year. While West Virginia has probably exceeded our expectations, at least our three the three bros here. Having said that, I just have to believe Bill Snyder is going to find a way to make the Wildcats be competitive. So I say they cover that 16.5 points. Third game, we have number 17, TCU, as a three-point favorite at Texas. We all know TCU put up a good fight against the Buckeyes, and Texas is coming off probably their best game of the year against uh, USC. But I'm sticking with the horn Frogs here. Um, I'm going to kind of believe it when I see it in regards to Texas being able to win a big game like this. So give me the horn Frogs minus three. In my last game, we got the Cornhuskers. Uh, they're at number 19, Michigan. They're at 18.5-point underdogs. The big question is obviously the health of Adrian Martinez. If he's 100%, then I think Nebraska will be able to cover that point spread and maybe put a little bit of a scare into the Wolverines. Uh, He did practice uh, today, which is Monday, but even if he does play, I don't think he's going to be 100%, so I do have to go with the Wolverines. My first game is Florida Atlantic at UCF. The Knights are a
1: 13.5 point favorite on Friday. FAU's been disappointing this year offensively, but I think Lane Kiffin's going to have the boys ready to go for this one. I'll say they cover in a shootout with Mackenzie Milton. By the way, Lane Kiffin is right where he wants to be in S&P+. He is 69th. That's right where you want them to be. I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. Number two, Georgia <laughs> is a 14.5 point favorite at Missouri. Georgia ran for 370 yards last year in this matchup, and their passing offense is even scarier this year. So I say they win this one easy by three touchdowns. Next game, Texas Tech at number 15, Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are a 13 point favorite. Allen Bowman had 605 passing yards last week against Houston. But the Texas Tech defense is still hot garbage, despite the preseason hype. So I will take Okie State. Final game, number 18, Wisconsin, is a three and a half point favorite at Iowa. This game has the lowest total on the board at 41 and a half. Wow. I'm going to take Iowa. Not a believer in Wisconsin this year. Plus, Plus, one of their better defensive players, Andrew Van Ginkle, is questionable at linebacker. So I think Iowa's defense is the best unit on the field. So I'm, I'm going to take them plus three and a half. Nice.
2: My first game, number eight, Notre Dame, is a seven and a half point favorite at Wake Forest. Sam Hartman filled in pretty well for the, the Hinton suspension, and the Wake offense has been pretty, pretty solid to date. Their defense has been vulnerable, but Notre Dame hasn't exactly been lighting it up offensively. As you put it, Michael, Notre Dame has been playing with fire against Ball State and Vanderbilt. So I'm going to pick the Demon Deacons to cover, and they are my lock of the week. And Hinton's back this week, right? He's supposed to, but I'm curious to know what they, they actually end up doing. Okay. Number 14, Mississippi State, minus 10 at Kentucky. Kentucky's 3-0, and and there's some legitimate hope in Lexington. But I think they're pretenders, as the Florida win won't hold much weight down the stretch. I like the Bulldogs and Fitzgerald here to get a big road win. My next game, Arizona State at number 10, Washington. Washington's currently favored 17 half. This game lost a little bit of luster after the Sun Devils lost to San Diego State, but it's still big if ASU wants us to consider them as contenders in the Pac-12. Brownings looked a little shaky at times, but the defense is going to be fired up to play a big game in front of their home fans. I think the Dogs will easily hand the Sun Devils back-to-back losses. Finally, number 23 Boston College is a six and a half point favorite at Purdue. Purdue is licking its wounds as they lost a tough one to Mizzou last week to fall to 0-3. The big question here is if Purdue has the fire and motivation to now beat Boston College. I say the Eagles come into West Lafayette with all their confidence and a couple more days rest after playing last Thursday, and they get the victory at Purdue. All right, good
1: work, guys. Let's close out the episode with a questionable finish. North Texas executed an incredible fake fair catch punt return for a touchdown. What is the trickiest
2: thing you've done to get what you wanted? I think I've shared this before, but in junior high, one of my classes had a substitute teacher. And I was being a brat, causing trouble in the classroom. The substitute ended up telling the actual teacher that I deserved detention. Luckily, I had a great reputation and a squeaky clean record, so that teacher sa- sat me down and asked me about it. She said he must have got it wrong and got the wrong person because I've never done anything like that. Wow. So she, she ended up not giving me detention, and I played into it. I tuned out. That was a rerun. That was a rerun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I didn't do this, but I gave my roommate in college the idea, which he actually ended up following through on. He had a paper due, and he did not have it done. So he sent the teacher the paper that was due the month before, and then later that day, when the teacher told him about his "quote unquote" mistake, he had finished the new paper nice. and he sent the teacher that one.
0: Wow, that's a good one. Very tricky, unethical. I would not do that. <laughs> all right, great. Uh, mine, not so much a tricky thing, I guess. But one time you guys were all gone, like the two bros and the parents were gone, and I was home alone. Uh, only had my permit at this current juncture, but I really wanted a fast food joint, Burger King, <laughs> so decided to wow. decided to go a couple <laughs> miles down the road with my permit and swing through Burger King. Came home, watched some college basketball as I was Burger King hamburger and fries. It's
1: quite the night. Living the life, living the life. Wow. Is that the first time our mom has heard that story now? Because she's listening. I think I had told it to her once before. You're going to time out, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, a Florida State player down to punt that was still rolling quickly and in a favorable direction for the Seminoles, what is the last dumb
0: mistake you've made? All right, for me, it would have been on September 8th, which was uh, our mother's birthday. We were all there, and uh, we were all kind of wondering what to eat for dinner, so I kind of took control of it, and we were ordering a takeout from a local Italian place, and my mom told me what she wanted. But I ordered everybody's meal except for hers (laughs) (laughs) I just forgot, I don't know, it just slipped my mind somehow On her birthday That was
1: bad, (laughs) sorry mom So mine happened this past Saturday I was watching college football, of course And I decided I wanted to watch the Geico Cavemen commercials Just because they're funny And I was watching Oklahoma, Iowa State at the time So I absentmindedly googled Cavemen, Iowa State just without thinking, which actually turned out into a good mistake because it led me to discover that there's a baseball team in Hannibal, Missouri named the Hannibal Cavemen and their manager was named Dick Dent.
0: Good Lord. Ouch. Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> Quite a rabbit hole I went down. Interesting how you got into the, that last point there. Yeah. Wow. That's, wow. So mine mine happened at work. I accidentally sent out a file to a customer that happened to be showing other customers information. So if that didn't go over too well. Not my finest moment. Ooh, ouch. That's embarrassing.
1: Last question, what is your upset special for this weekend? I am two for three with my upset specials so far, just to toot my own horn. I had Arizona State over Michigan State a couple weeks ago. Last week had North Texas with an easy win over Arkansas. This week... You take them early in the week and you're taking good ones. uh, (laughs) This week... I'm like, damn, man, I wanted that one. I'm taking Northern Illinois to win outright at Florida State. Seminoles have given me no reason to think they should be favored double digits against pretty much anyone, so...
2: And especially a good team, you know, or I shouldn't say good team, a team with a good defense. Yes, they do have that. I'm going to take a shot with Texas Tech over Oklahoma State. The Pokes are on a high after whipping Boise, but again, uh, the score was a bit misleading. I say they're slightly overvalued. Texas Tech comes in with their confidence of beating Houston. Alan Bowman wraps up the Heisman this week. No, I'm just kidding, but looks (laughs) to be the the guy for Cliff, and, and I think they pull the upset. I'm not as stellar uh, this season. I'm, I'm 0-3 straight up with my upset specials. 2-1 against the spread, but but no no victories.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm the same with you, Trey. I've had a couple of close ones so far. Vandy last week was pretty close, you know, and then Kent State against Illinois early on. Almost yeah. had that one, but just haven't punched through. Uh, but I'm going to go this week with the hottest team in the nation, the Kansas Jayhawks. All right. They, yes, they are 7.5 point dogs at Baylor. I think Puka Williams is going to have a big game on the ground uh, against that Baylor D. So give me the Jayhawks here, guys. How bad do we feel that our one preview that we really did
1: not give a full preview for this off season was Kansas? That's now true. That, yeah, it's true. Yeah, we
0: just glossed over them, and now
1: they're a dynasty.
0: Should have glossed over Florida State. Maybe it mo- motivated them. It's
1: possible. It's true. It's
0: true. They're sticking it to us.
1: <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like, oh, by the way, by the way, I have to mention. We got uh, a tweet from longtime listener Andrew Tay, and he's given us crap because we are pronouncing Boise incorrectly, which we should know better, guys. Boise? It's not Boise. How do we pronounce it? Uh, Boise. <laughs> How should we pronounce it? Come on. I don't know. Boise. Boise. Come on. Oh, it's like an S, not a Z. Yeah, uh, it's like it's a hard S there, not Boise. a Z. Boise.
2: Boise sting. Huh.
1: That's kind of weird to say, though. Yeah. So... Thank you, Andrew, for that correction. Can't guarantee that we're going to follow through on it. But he's the one who corrected me on saying Clemson. That was incorrect. And pretty much ever since then, I have corrected that. Clemson. Yeah. No, me too. I've been conscious of that. So they're both the hard S's. Clemson. Hard S's.
0: And Boise.
1: (laughs) Anyway, if you like the show, please share it with your friends. Email it to a coworker who likes college football text someone you know i think the biggest way we're going to keep growing this thing is is word of mouth from the listener so appreciate any support that you guys can provide some money too like just send us money send it yeah, to, oh, to yeah. ryan's app always <laughs> great yeah yeah
0: i'll, I'll show you my here.
1: <laughs> uh before we go it's been a while so i think it's time that we end the podcast with you guys know what you guys know what i'm gonna say we gotta go with bruce right bruce feldman bruce take it away
2: Cushy socks and soft underwear, man, it just makes a guy feel great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't it look just, at Bruce on the sideline the same way anymore. No, and it never gets old. It, it never gets old. Hey, should we go back for double dip? Should we go back for double Bruce? It, yeah, this, this one's even better.
2: You name it, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that leaves your tush feeling tingly.
0: mm all about those wives
1: (laughs) i i agree bruce i mean well put mm -hmm. well put bruce and we will talk to everyone next week
0: you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros follow them on instagram at college football bros And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB bros. Thanks for listening.